Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of His Only Vice, the film podcast where we talk about the films that shaped us. Once again, you guys, I'm coming live to you from my bedroom, live being a completely figurative term. Um, we are still in quarantine. Miss, Miss COVID is still rearing her ugly head. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys again for listening to this podcast, even um, while the audio doesn't sound as good as it once does. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're on a roll with the guests, and we're just going to keep it going. We have one of the people that I have known for the longest um, portions of my life in school, in work. We've known each other for almost a decade now, which is crazy. Crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of my best friends in the world, Kevin Roleski. Hey, Kev. Hi, Dale. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Kev, I think you've been mentioned in previous episodes. Have I really? And now oh here you are. Oh, fun. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm so excited. I think you were mentioned in the Mean Girls episode, which is the most recent one. Uh, okay. I was catching up this morning on some episodes, but I did not get to the one, the only Julia Lopriori. Because famously, me, you, and Julia have been friends for quite a while. It's true. It's and went through true. many a time in college. <laughs> this is also very, very true. Um, Kevin, how are you? How is Quarantina? Quarantine is okay. You know, uh, I'm yeah. so- work so i'm here in my apartment uh, on the upper east side his gorge apartment everyone yeah um <laughs> my roommates have been quarantining elsewhere so for now it's me or me and kai um which is kind of great kai who uh, is his partner and lover whom do we love yes um but yeah it's pretty chill it's pretty okay i've been baking a lot uh i've taken up yoga um, okay. And that's pretty much that. Yeah. Really? How are you doing? I love that for you. Um, I'm good. I've been binging a lot of television this month. Like I've only watched like two movies, which is very, very odd for me. Um, only two movies. But I've watched like a dozen seasons of television. So. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, that makes up for it. So I've just been like watching. Let's see. Since quarantine started, I don't know if I've run through this list yet. But <laughs> since quarantine started, I've watched. Um. Season two of Killing Eve, which I'm now watching season three, like, live as it airs. Yes. Season one and two of Sex Education. Ugh. Seasons one through three of Ozark. Season one through two of Barry. Season one of The Morning Show. And the whole miniseries of Tiger King. Oh, so good. Oh, and oh I'm God. watching, and now I'm watching Insecure live. And I've been watching, of course, Drag Race live and Drag Race Celebrity. <laughs> so Yes. I mean, of course, Drag Race. Yeah, of course. And, um... What, what hashtag team are you? What hashtag team am I for the finale? Yes, and this will come out very soon, so it will not be backdated. Okay, so, I mean, it's worth noting that we are filming on Saturday, May 16th. And yes. my team, like, hopeful, was eliminated last night. I wanted Jackie Cox. Oh, that's um, right. You were a Jackie stan. I was so much a Jackie She stan. did really good last night. She, she had the best rap, I thought. She did so, so, so well. But you know what? I'm moving on, and I'm so excited for the top three. And I think Crystal Method is, like, amazing. Yes! It's, it's Crystal or Gigi for me. Okay, okay. Um, um, here are my thoughts on the final three. Okay. First of all, I love Gigi. I love Jada and I love Crystal. I love them all. Truly. Gigi, I think as much as I don't want like another fashion queen to win or like another like Aquaria 2.0, mm. she is the best performer of all of them. It is undeniable. When she gets on stage, it is like, whoa. She can literally do everything. Mm -hmm. And she is, there's just something different. Like she gets in drag and like, 
her her eyes are like like she just like snaps. It's amazing. I, I can't even like put it into words. Um, Jada, I love. I think she's like her and Gigi have been the strongest all season for sure. But I love Crystal so much. So I'm hashtag Team Crystal. Yeah, she's, she's really so had authentic. A star turn. Yeah, we've never like really seen someone that level of like unique win. I don't think. I mean, the closest is probably Evie. Or and then Jinx. after that, maybe like, Jinx. But Jinx is more like sort of theatery, I think. She doesn't do like high concept stuff that often. Um, yeah. I would say maybe Sasha is the closest, but Sasha is like a fucking fashion reference. Like Sasha is probably the most talented drag race winner ever, in my opinion. Yeah, don't um, get me started on Sasha. I have yeah. several pins. I have all of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Kevin are longtime Sasha stands, so thank Ugh. God she won. Um, Season nine. Season nine, and I was Team Sasha the whole time. Whole time. Um, Own it on iTunes, okay? Yes, ma'am. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, enough about Drag Race. Um, <laughs> I'm, although I hope that the Venn diagram of his only vice in Drag Race is high. Um, so that that <laughs> wasn't a is. wasted five minutes. <laughs> um, what, was, what else was I going to say? Oh, Kev, so as you know, because you have listened to episodes, you know, you know the, the top segments, the opening bits, if you will. Of course. So, Kevin, I hope you have your list prepared. What are your hashtag favorite movies? Okay, so when I was going through and thinking about what my favorite movies are, the things that stood out to me were like the things I loved growing up and then the things I have loved in my like post-college film and TV kind of collective binge love four years of the last years of my life. Okay. And I would, I would just like to say that, Kevin, you are probably the only other person I know that makes lists as thorough <laughs> and as often as I do. And maybe the, maybe the, the third would... No, that, actually, it's not even close. It's me and you. <laughs> so let's, let's hear it. It's true. So growing I love up, the subcategories. Growing up recently. <laughs> growing up, it's The Parent Trap and Home Alone. Okay. And to be honest, I think that's going to be really fun to think about when we're looking at the movie we're talking about today, because those are full of hijinks and those are full of comedy. And I'm yes. really excited to look at the movie we're looking at. And a pre Schitt's Creek Catherine O'Hara in Ugh, Alone. I mean, speaking of things I've binged yeah, during don't, quarantine. Don't let the girls forget that Miss Catherine has been doing amazing work Ugh, for years. It's so, so good. Um, and then now three stand out uh, in addition to the movie that we're talking about today. Uh, and they are Call Me By Your Name. Uh, yes, of course. Which you talked about episode, several yes. times. Yes, episode number one of his mm-hmm. only vice, the favorite. Oh, yes. We saw that movie together in theaters, did, and yes. I will never get it out of my head. No, sitting in that. We movie went. Theater. Didn't we go Thanksgiving Day because we were both in the city? Yeah, we went. Yeah, it had to be over that Thanksgiving weekend. Like after after work, or maybe it was it was it was either the day before, or the day over, the day after. Yeah, and our jaws were on the floor the entire time. Jaws on the floor. Best movie of that year, in my opinion. 100%. Uh, And then more recently, and we'll talk about this a little further when I talk about my favorite actors and actresses, but Little Women, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, has just popped right up there, and I'm like, I cannot live without this movie. Yeah. um, so good. Can we, let's just pause on Greta Gerwig's Little Women for a second, because it has come up before... Um, me and Connor Briggs discussed it a little bit, but he didn't like it. So now I'm excited to talk to someone who did like it. Um, I thought that that um, restructuring of the narrative was so smart and it was like the Brilliant. best way to make it work. Yes. And I have a, I have a, um, a little bit of a drag for anyone that says that they don't understand <laughs> it. 
bitch it was literally lined up perfectly it lined up like perfect events right like every event that like affected the other was lined up perfectly there was color grading there was fashion differences there was acting differences it's like bitch if you can follow inception you can follow little women yeah i totally agree with you on that i think the use of color like you said and the costumes are impeccable absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. and to be honest like structuring it that way lent so well to the storytelling right instead of this like episodic thing that goes in line and you're remembering things that happened years and years ago it feels like they just happened because of the way that she structures it and i know it's so good it's perfect i love that movie so much i saw that on new year's day in a um movie theater in Times Square, which was my worst decision ever. Trying to get onto that block was like a pain in the ass because I had so much security in Times Square. I bet. I mean, it was, it was wild. If anyone knows anything about us, they would know that Lincoln Square 13 is the movie theater to yes. frequent. That is the go to. I don't know why I went to, maybe it wasn't like a good time at Lincoln, but anyway, went to the Times Square and <laughs> basically was just living my life um, because what else was I going to do on New Year's Eve? Oh, and then that night, I didn't have any plans because I'm a fucking loser. Um, and I went to see, <clears throat> I went to see 1917. Oh my gosh. But what a day. The, the theater was packed. So I was like, okay, I guess I wasn't the only one that like decided to go see um, a movie on. Oh wait, I think I'm messing that up. When did, when did Little Women come out? Did it come out the week before Christmas? I think it came out the week of Christmas. No, no. Okay. No, I'm right. It was Little Women in the 1917 on New Year's Eve. I stand by that Ooh. claim. So that was a big day for me. Um, in terms of 2019 film. Yeah, seriously. Um, wow. But anyway, I love all those choices. Um, I especially love The Favorite. Anyone who knows me literally at all knows that that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I will never forget the first time seeing it. Um, it's so good. The famous, um, I like it when she sticks her tongue inside me or whatever line that caused a the biggest gasp I've ever heard in a <laughs> yes. movie theater. It was crazy. <laughs> Um, good. So is that is that the is that the list? Did we yeah, hit them those, all? Are the, those are the list. I think, okay. and then the one we're talking about late, today, which yeah, we talk about, which yeah. like in so many ways has joined that list and might be at the top of that list mm-hmm. by far. Um, okay, so what about the people that populate said movies? Who are some of your favorite movie stars? Okay, so as you <laughs> as you referenced earlier. I'm a list maker, and I was making a list of my favorite actors, and the first person I put on there was Meryl Streep, and I of course, was like... I could have probably I mean, guessed that. And I mean, of course, right? I was like, I feel like Meryl Streep doesn't even belong on this list, but rather she belongs, like, above the list, and yeah. like, I don't need to put her on here. Right, she's just like, her. yeah. Yeah, mind you, the list says Meryl, not Meryl Streep. There's no right, need right, to clarify. Right. She's, she's a mononymous, like, <laughs> yes. everyone knows who she is. Yes, and then speaking of Little Women, my list continues with Sir Ronan, uh, yes. Watson, yes. Florence Pugh. Yes. And then continues on with... God, they are all in that movie, aren't they? Greta Gerwig really movie. turned it out. I considered saying my favorite actors are the cast of Little Women. Literally. Because, because the first person on my um, male list is Timothy Chalamet. Of by your name, Lady Bird, Little Women... Followed by Jude Law and Stanley Tucci. Oh, okay. We got some new, um, some new uh, people in the race. I haven't heard uh, Stanley or Jude Law yet. That's very exciting. Okay. Stanley Tucci in The Devil Wears Prada is iconic. Iconic. Stanley Tucci in Julie and Julia. 
also iconic. Oh my god, I forgot he was in that. I ship him and Meryl so, good. so much, so yeah. so much. And the fact that he is married to Emily Blunt's, Blunt's sister. sister, yeah. I cannot talk about I it. I feel like I told someone that recently. I definitely told Landon on the, the Devil Wars Prada episode, but even more recently, I was like, well, you know XYZ, right? And they were yes. like, what? Screened. Which, if I pop back up to my woman list, the first person not in Little Women that's on my woman list is Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, yeah. Followed by two queens, Claire Foy and of Olivia Coleman. Of course. And, um, and those are the lists. Like, I just want to say, okay, that's an amazing list, but now we need to break it down a bit. Yes, we do. Justice for Claire Foy, she should have been Oscar nominated for First Man. That's number one. Number two... Olivia Coleman deserved her Oscar, so fuck anyone that says it should have been Glenn Close's. After, you can ask, actually, Kevin, you know what? You can validate this claim right now because you were there. We, <laughs> we walked out of the favor and I said, Olivia Coleman is winning an Oscar. And then she Hi, did. everyone. Yes, I can validate this claim. And then you can also validate my, my massive fuck up. Oh, no, this might have been the Oscars party you missed when you were away. <laughs> I so was in France for that Oscars. I let the media sway me and I put Glenn Close on my ballad. <gasps> Dylan. I know. And I had been saying it for months that Olivia was going to win. It's funny you say that because I was at the Oscars party the year before that and did really well on that ballot race because I thought with my head. And then I was not at that Oscars party. And I was like, you know what? I'm in Europe. I'm going to think with my heart and I'm going to put down whatever I want to put down. And I won like four categories, but one of them was. Best actress. Yes, it was. Yes, Yes, it was. And you were one of the, the few because everyone had like sort of jumped onto the Glenn Close ship. I mean, it was for the Should've wife, just... yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, she's great in that movie, but Olivia it's Coleman incredible. is next level. Right. Olivia Coleman in that movie is insanely talented, yeah. insanely good. <clears throat> Ugh. So good. Um, there, I was going to say someone else. Oh, Jude Law. Okay, I'm so glad you brought him up because yesterday, friend of the pod, Talia Camilleri, she texted me like, she goes, guess what movie I'm watching? And then she just texts me three cast members. She says, Ray Fiennes, Jude Law, Tilda Swin. Can you guess? Wait, what? I don't know if you have seen this movie. Ray Fiennes, Jude Law, Tilda Swin. I don't know if I've seen this movie. Wes Anderson is your clue. Oh, it's the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, it is. Um, and I forgot that Jude was in that until she mentioned that. So that's, yeah. that's two times Jude is coming up. But at first she texted me Jude Law and Ray Fiennes and I was like, um, enemy at the gate? And she was like, no, bitch, Tilda Swin. And I was like, okay, now I'm in. Well, so my love for Jude Law starts from the holiday the film with him, Cameron Diaz, yes, Jack Black. Yes, of course, Black. of course. Wait, is that the uh, one Kate with Winslet. Queen Latifah? No, no, that's the uh, last holiday. Yeah, that's the last holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but so this, in this movie, um, mm. two women swap houses for a vacation and end yes. up falling in love with men while they're there. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. But also, like, he's now in the Marvel universe. Which, speaking of quarantine binges, I love oh, yeah. all the Marvel movies. So, what had you seen before that? I had seen about half of them. Because okay. um, we saw Black Panther together. We totally saw Black Panther together. You guys have to know that me and Kevin were early adopters of MoviePass and then early adopters of A-List, as was our friend Julio, who you guys met in the last episode. And we used to see movies together all the time before A, Julia moved, and B, New York City shut down. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So anyway, continue. Marvel. Um, but yeah, so I had only seen about half of them. Uh, my favorites of them, by far... I had definitely not seen because I'm a huge fan of the Captain America trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my faves. Wait, far. remind me where Jude shows up in the MCU. Jude shows up when he is in Captain Marvel. 
and he is oh. Brie Larson's like confidant, but also the person Wait. that kind of screwed up everything. That's right. I forgot. I forgot about that standalone. Oops. And if we want to talk about him in huge, crazy, big blockbuster films, he's now Friends out of Dumbledore. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Are we joking? Yeah. Like, Dumbledore <laughs> he went when he got cast in that it was all about dad ass I mean that picture that was circulating <laughs> everyone was like oh Dumbledore got hot Ugh, Dumbledore. Um, okay so with those lists wait I feel like there was one more I was gonna say or comment on read that list one more time yeah, so Meryl, Sersha, Emma, yeah, Florence, yeah. Emily. Oh, Florence, Florence, Florence. Okay, we need to pause on Florence <laughs> Pugh for a second. So Florence Pugh, I think, is the most exciting young uh, presence in film and TV that I can remember in a lot. Maybe since Sersha, actually. I would agree. I found out how old she was. First of all, I wanted to die. Second <laughs> of all, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She is so talented in everything. Have you seen that movie, Fighting with, my, Fighting with the Family? No. Okay, it's so silly and stupid. It's like a wrestling movie. But she brings so much heart to it, and she just elevates everything she's in. And I'm so excited that, like, she's blowing up. I mean, she had such a year with Midsommar and um, Fighting with the Family and, of course, Little Women, her Oscar-nominated turn, which, by the way, if I was voting for my, with my heart, I would have voted for her in Little Women. 100%. I would have voted I'm, for her. I'm sorry, but she was better than Laura Dern. I'm going to say it. And I've said it on this podcast before. Like, Laura Dern obviously deserves an Oscar, just maybe not for a marriage story. Yeah, I think oh. you're totally right. Those well, are my thoughts. Those are my Amy, thoughts about Miss Pugh. I, so... How do you I take could, a character so unlikable and make it that likable? It's I was so just amazing. about to say, when I saw that movie, of the four sisters, right, I feel like I identify with Amy. Yeah, right? and, I mean, which everyone didn't give a shit about Amy before. Right, and and Florence made Amy so, so, so likable to the point where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm an Amy, and that's totally cool. If anything, that's, like, something to be really, really proud of. And yeah, I love, love, love her in that. <sighs> and that scene, with, that scene with her and Timmy T, um, that when, they're, the, when they're painting. At the easel, and then him undoing her, like, smock. And her no, 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 sorry, not that one. Um, they're not painting. It's the one where they're outside. Oh, the on, one on the where garden. she throws down all her things. Yes, 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 yes. And she's like, I'm out. Um, you don't get to do this to me anymore. No. Um, I love that scene so much. Um, but anyway, okay. So Nevertheless. What movie did you bring for us to discuss today? So speaking of hijinks, speaking of comedy and funny things, I brought Olivia Wilde's Book smart. Book smart. Yes! Okay, so if you guys know anything about me, you know that I did not shut up about this movie for months because it came out pretty early in 2019, like before the, the um, uh, like big awards release time. Yes, And well I would before. not shut up about it. I've seen it over 10 times. Totally. <laughs> and through the entire award season and all of the release of the movies that were nominated for things like Oscars and Golden Globes and whatnot, I was like, mm -hmm. Booksmart, it's going to, like, Booksmart's going to be there. Like, is Booksmart yes. going to come to the theaters? Like, what's going to happen? I'm really to... upset that it didn't get more, but we'll get into that in our rep yeah. awards report card. That's another category. Never mind. Totally, anyway. totally, totally, totally. Um, but I remember, so we saw this movie together, Kevin, um, yes. literally, I would say probably five days after it was released. Yeah. Um, 
I actually, I wrote down when we saw it because I checked the, my AMC history. <laughs> um, and I remember um, that, that, that um, voiceover in the beginning saying, fuck those losers, fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. And I, I turned to you and I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. It was like from beat one. I was like, here we go. I'm going to love this. Yeah. Buckle your seatbelts, kids, because yeah. we are on a ride. And oh, it's Maya Rudolph. Yeah, that voiceover. Oh, yeah, it is. Which you knew from the get-go, which I somehow forgot, maybe, yeah. and re-realized in the last yeah. few days. But it's incredible. And then you see Beanie Feldstein yes, pop Miss out Beanie. that little mouth guard and start her day. And then, bam, title credits. And I was like, Yes! <laughs> Um, okay, so before we dive in, um, yes. let me just set the stage a bit, um, inform the people who may not have seen this or may not know some of this, what this movie is. So you guys, Booksmart. It had its premiere at South by Southwest on March 10th in 2019. It, it's got its wide release on May 24th, 2019. And some people thought that it should have gotten a limited release and then a wide release, much like Lady Bird did. Um, and that they think that it might have, like, you know, done a little better in the box office had it done that, considering it was, like, a crowded um, late spring, early summer release with, like, all these big blockbusters. But we can talk about that later. Um, and then, Kevin, we saw it on May 28th. So we saw it four days after it was, came out because I was so excited about it. And four um, days is, like, too long. We needed yeah, to too long. it came out. Um, and then... It was directed by Olivia Wilde, as you mentioned. Um, it was originally written by Emily Halpern and um, Sarah Haskins. So if you look at the screenplay, it's their names next to each other, like, you know, Emily and Sarah. And then underneath, the next person who, like, added her input or, like, revised it, draft one, was Susanna Fogel. Um, and then Katie Silberman is the one who uh, did the final script, script doctoring and the final, like, narrative um, lineup. So she, she was the one that decided, like, what the end product was going to look like and, you know, the product we saw. She was also the one that was on set, like adapting the script to the actors and taking input from them and like listening to how Beanie and Caitlin would talk to each other. So um, those were the four women behind it, um, screenplay wise. And then it starred a bunch of, you know, relatively unknown young talent. So Beanie totally. Feldstein, who, you know, is Jonah Hill's sister. So like she has a little bit of clout, but she had really only done Lady Bird. Um, and yep. then Caitlin Deaver. Skylar DeSando, Billy Lord, Noah Galvin, Molly Gordon, Austin Crute, Diana Silvers, and then their amazing adult supporting roles from Jason Sudeikis, Will Forte, Lisa Kudrow, Jessica Williams, and of course, the voice of Maya Rudolph. Oh boy, so, if that is not a cast. It is a cast. I don't know what it is. And I, I, these kids are like really going to blow up. Um, I'm, I'm saying kids like they're not our age. Um, <laughs> but basically, like, I hadn't really seen any of them in much. And then afterwards, I was, like, obsessed with them. Went home and watched every interview ever. Um, and then in terms of, like, backstory, so we were sort of talking about the screenplay. So the earliest version of Booksmart was, as we were talking about, Emily Halpern and Sarah Haskins. That was circulating in about 2009, and it appeared on the, the blacklist, which right. is, like, for those of you who don't know, like, a famous list of scripts that have gone unproduced that people see potential in, right? So then... In 2014, Susanna Fogel came on board and she revised it, adding, you know, the lesbian element. But her vision was, um, it was girls... Um, getting dates for prom? Is that right? No, they weren't seeking dates for prom, but it was more focused on an, a prom after party. The original version was dates for prom. Was prom, right, yes. And then Katie Silverman came in, she made war revisions, and she proposed, you know, what if two friends realized that they did high school all wrong? What if they... Um, you know, realize, hey, kids that party also are smart, da 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 right? So then in terms of release, it came out, it holds a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and 
prominent critics have said, you know, sharp but not mean, warm without feeling, or warm without feeling too soft or timid. That was A.O. Scott of the New York Times. Um, Peter DeBruge of Variety called it the best uh, high school buddy comedy since Superbad, which we'll get into because I have opinions on that. Um, <laughs> and Emily Yoshida of Vulture said, it manages to be inclusive and progressive without being precious about anything or sacrificing an ounce of humor. And um, I would say I agree with all of those things. Um, I would too, yeah. So basically, like, this movie's amazing. I think it's one of the smartest, wittiest screenplays around. Um, and oh, and Rotten Tomatoes also called it the um, number one best comedy of the decade. Uh, using, like, it's, you know, adjusted formula from waiting, you know, movies release year, reviews, da 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 Totally. So, I would agree. Um, <laughs> I think this is probably the best, like, comedy comedy that came out in the 2010s. This and Trainwreck would probably be on top for me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how incredible the rating is for this movie. Like, I've watched this movie now like you said, probably 10 plus times and three of them in the last like 72 hours or so. And I am so blown away with everything that everyone says all the time because I'm like, this matters. Not only is it about Amy and Molly, Beanie and Caitlin's characters, but Mm -hmm. literally everyone else has a story and the things that they're saying are so important to the plot. Like who would have thought that, and spoiler alert here, but who would have thought that a pizza delivery man that comes in like an yeah. hour into the movie ends up being a huge major plot. Narrative device, yeah. Talking a, like yeah. device, like what? Like it's so, so good. It's so crazy. Um, that, that part, the first time I saw this movie and that part happened, I was like, oh my God. I was like, how are they going to get Amy out of this? And then I was like, oh my God, that guy. Like, um, so good. but what what was I gonna say about the script I forget but I'm sure I'll think about it um Kevin what's your favorite part of this movie so my favorite part of this movie I thought long and hard about this but my favorite part of this movie are kind of three separate instances that a really similar thing happens and it's instances where like Molly and Amy either have to say nothing at all or mm-hmm. they have to say all of the things and they go mm-hmm. into a sort of a, a compliment off as Olivia Wilde calls oh, it. Oh yes, I love those. And so the first one happens actually at the very beginning when they're meeting one another for the last day of school and they're just dancing and they're like, hey, how are you? Like, we're gonna dance and we're probably not gonna go to school and whatever it is. And they just live so well in that. It's so good. Fun fact, uh, the two actors, lived with Live together yeah. for 10 weeks yeah. during the shooting of this yeah. and like oh you can like it's just amazing yeah uh, and then there are these like no not acceptable nope this is not okay who allowed you to be this beautiful moments both when they're getting ready in their rosie the riveter costumes and then when they see one another in miss fine's clothes getting out of the car at nick's party and it's just like perfect. Like it's written so, so well. And the actors like take it to the next level because they literally feel like best friends. And like, those are the relationships you have with your best friends. Yeah. You have to say the things or you don't. And like, it works so well. Yeah. Their, their relationship is so lived in. And it, um, those like compliment offs are, they remind me so much of me and my friends who were like so hyperbolic towards each other, yes. um, which I famously still am. Um, <laughs> but I just love their relationship and you you get who they are right from the jump like as soon as she pulls up and they have that dance off and they have that little compliment off it's just like oh. Oh, okay here we go yeah um i think my favorite so if we broke down like you know like scenes that i love mm-hmm. the number one one is 
the party, Nick's party, like when they finally get to so good. Nick's party. Yes. Um, and then breaking that down. And okay, so let me back up. So Nick's party <laughs> has like all of the best parts in the movie, I think, right? So has the has the karaoke scene to the Atlantis Martez song, has the pool scene, has the love scene in the bathroom, has the fight. It has that dance when she first, you know, like sees Nick. And it has yeah. my, my personal favorite section of that scene, which is the Jared Molly scene. It is um, like goodbye to all of that. It is so, so good. So all my favorite parts are like, they happen within that like second, third act chunk, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I like um, that Jared and Molly scene so much because first of all, I love, Jared's my favorite character. I love yeah, for Skylar anyone DeSando. who didn't know, for anyone who did not know, Skylar DeSando, Jared, Dylan, yes. obsessed, obsessed from day one, May 28th of last if year. If anybody's listening it. and they know him, please hook <laughs> up. Um, I think, so I famously was campaigning for him and Billy Lord to get Oscar <laughs> nominations, which was insane, but not really because, here's why. Okay, let me... Let me get through my favorite scene first, and then I'll get into my my Oscar argument. Okay, we'll we'll get into the awards, and then we'll okay. Yes. Sorry, course. I'm getting I'm getting so excited that I just like Billy Lord. I can't, mean, yeah, come on. I can't even keep my thoughts straight. So, um, I love that scene so much because it's as one of my favorite lines, which is when he's like the same weird stuff that I'm into, airplanes and musicals, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> And then he keeps going and he says, enough with the revivals. As the audiences deserve something original. And I'm like, oh my God. That whole little monologue that he goes on about making money from airplanes and then dumping that money into musicals is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> um, so anyway, I love that part. That whole scene is brilliant. The direction of the fight scene with like the music coming in over them screaming at each other. Um, the, the underwater swimming stuff. It's beautiful. Uh, it's all amazing. That underwater... That- that whole, that whole um, bit, that whole like big chunk of this movie, that like 25 minutes or whatever it is, um, is really what I think like, obviously it's what we're building up to. Like this movie is like basically the odyssey, right? Like it's just like epic quest to get to this party. Um, and then finally <laughs> they arrive. And so of course, yeah. like all of the, I think Olivia really pulled out all the stops for that one. Um, the only scene that I would say is like equally as funny and original that's not in that section is the the Barbie doll scene. In the, Iconic. And the murder I, mystery. I so, cannot even begin about the murder mystery party slash the Barbie yeah, doll scene. Yeah. Like the fact that the sort of like guys for all of that or where that comes from is the fact that Gigi feeds them strawberries on the cruise ship like 45 minutes earlier. It's yeah. like, and then what? The, whatever drug it is finally kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, um, that's like Asian ayahuasca. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent them on this journey. <laughs> so good. I'm obsessed. So good. Um, but anyway, so let's go ahead and like look at some of the awards that this movie won, right? Before right. I before I make my case of why <laughs> Billy and Skylar should have been nominated. Um, so Golden Globes, um, it got nominated for Miss Beanie for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Um, it also was nominated for like a slew of critics awards, nominated and won like a slew of critics awards. Um, and then in terms of like other like big awards, uh, the screenplay was nominated for a BAFTA, which is the British Academy Film Awards. Um, Caitlin Deaver got a Rising Star Award nomination at the BAFTAs. Um, and then it got a Writers Guild Award 
uh, nomination for screenplay as well. So like most of the stuff was going to the screenplay, which makes total sense. Um, and then Caitlin totally. and Beanie each sort of got like a, a major award recognition. Um, but I, okay, so here's my argument. If you're going to get nominated for an Oscar, it should be because your performance yes. is one that no one else could deliver, right? Like you should be giving something to this movie that no one else could do better. Skylar Gisando and Billy Lord. <laughs> okay, the genre bias against comedy is n- n- the number one issue here. But they have all the funniest lines. They really, Jared, that scene between Jared and Beanie, outside of the girl's friendship, that's the whole heart of the movie. When he's talking about how much he loves Gigi yep. and like how nobody knows how authentic he is. So there's that. And then Billy Lord is just like, outlandishly funny making crazy choices i'm just like how why can't we get some comedy nominations in here i'm so annoyed yes no 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 it's so real and and by your sort of category definition billy lord and skylar Gisando both should have been nominated they're so good i was watching a few interviews and people are gonna uh, be like you're fucking crazy if you think they should have an oscar nominated but i'm this is the hill i'm gonna die on and you know what if if billy lord deserves an oscar nomination it is for her wanting to be the one to jump off that yacht yes she was like i want to do it and they were like no we have a stunt actor for this we have a stunt person for this because it's like 45 feet above the ground and they have someone that like cliff dives do it but she's like no i want to be the one because she's crazy she's amazing i'm obsessed and for those of you who aren't familiar billy lord is the daughter of um carrie fisher so to connect dots there um it makes sense that she wants to do oh oh my god she was in scream queens wow that that cast uh that cast too ryan murphy really went chaos (laughs) with that um but yeah that's my that's my lisa part and that's my um argument for why they should have been nominated for oscars which i stand (laughs) by um what's your least favorite part kev so i think my least favorite part there are two of them uh, first one is anything that happens on that yacht, that cruise ship, whatever it is, is completely cringeworthy. I cannot take it. I need to get out of there as soon as possible. <laughs> like, get me out. And not because it's I, not, and not because it's not funny. It's just because you're like, I could never be in this party. Oh yeah, the whole <laughs> movie is my favorite part of the movie. Okay, so right. like all of it's great, but as a person, I'm like, I cannot deal with being in this cruise ship right now. Get me out. Um, cool. And then the heartbreaking shot of Caitlin getting out of the pool, mm-hmm. getting dressed, being sopping wet, going through and trying to find Molly because she's so sad about what's happening between Ryan and Nick. Right. And then finding Molly and Molly not knowing any of that. And then that whole argument all happening yeah. with all of the people recording and it being one shot. Yeah. It's just like, it hits you. And then, and then they take away the audio and that's when the tears are like, full effect because you can't hear what they're saying it doesn't matter and it's just completely consuming yeah that's probably the best acting that they do in the whole movie is in that sequence and that is brilliant cinematography i'm so glad that you brought up that that was one shot um like a huge chunk of that was one shot um heartbreaking i love or another thing i love though and i'm glad you mentioned ryan because i think what this movie also does really well is sort of like flip stereotypes or sort of like smash stereotypes without being you know on the nose or like overzealous about it yes so 
Ryan is typically what you might assume a, you know, quote unquote, lesbian identifying person to look like, right? So she's like kind of butch, she skateboards, she has short hair. And this- Wore a polo to prom. Wore a polo to prom. These are all things that like society has taught us, hey, that's a lesbian, right? But then the movie totally flips you on your head and gets Ryan with Nick. So I love that too. It like sort of challenges what like society or media has told us to think about a certain image. And I really, really love that. Um, yeah. And also it's, it's worth stating that Beanie is a lesbian in real life and Caitlin is not. And they sort of flipped that too. They had the opposite person play, which is, um, I'm sure it wasn't on purpose, but I, I do love, you know, these little things um, that they sort of peppered in. They do that flipping with so many people. I mean, for one, the entire bathroom sequence where Beanie's discovering the grammatically incorrect you're ugly into her talking to AAA, Tanner, and Theo all about where they're going to school Mm -hmm. or what their plans are. And they're like, oh yeah, we're doing the things. Yeah, we're going to Stanford, Harvard, and Google. Or Stanford, Yale, and Google. Right. Um, I love that too. And that's sort of the, you know, the premise for the movie. That's that moment right there is the real propelling moment. Like the, that would be like the, in screenwriting 101, what makes today different than any other day as they, as you like sort of learn. And that moment when Beanie's like, Oh fuck, I thought that life was one way. It's actually not. So yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And like Beanie, I think in that moment is discovering like things can be both like these people did it all and I didn't, or I feel like I didn't. And so she's got 24 hours to like make her life what she wants it to be, the party that she's missed out on. Uh, But they also do it in little moments like with Hope, right? Hope totally digs at Amy in that first scene in Miss Fine's classroom about getting her teacher's number. Mm -hmm. Her female teacher's number. Right. And then she's the girl in the bathroom, right? Right. There's that whole scene between them. Which we will talk about. We'll talk about that scene. Don't you worry. Right. And then there's the flip of Nick, right? From like, eating chips in like some crazy game that they're playing in the cafeteria or whatever to like being like, I can guess your Hogwarts house. Yeah, the Harry Potter loving like doc. Like how to make someone fall in love with you 101. Yeah, that scene is, Hogwarts house. that scene is really good too. When they're like, there's some chemistry between them. It's so great. Um, It's so great. So I was going to say something about um, the cast. Oh, and, and just again, like, and how diverse the movie is too, without like ever needing to comment on it. And it just like, it, it, it paints an act- accurate picture of LA or in this case, you know, the San Fernando Valley, yeah. I think is like where it's supposed to take place. That's where it was yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, without ever like, um, without ever being like heavy handed about it, which I really love. Um, it's just it's just accurate. It's just normal. Like this is what real life looks like in New York City and LA. Things are diverse. Make a coming of age movie look how it really feels. So I really love that. Well, and to your point, I think like in looking at interviews with the cast and crew and with Olivia, Olivia took so many things that are like so real for the people that she cast in these roles and just made them part of the movie, right? Yeah. The which whole, is why they I had have... which is why they had Katie on set to like adapt the screenplay. Right. So like there's the beanie moment of like i have no breath meanwhile beanie's tweeted at the little women like coming attractions to fetch me my inhaler i have no breath yeah or the fact that like caitlin deaver plays the auto harp in real life yeah or like um ryan and um i found this really fun um ryan and tanner are both like professional skateboarders oh in, wow yeah i didn't know that in addition to like being actors i'm like that's pretty rad. yeah they really that's worked cool. in and i think that that um really lend itself to the authentic feeling of this movie. So it was very smart of them. Yeah. 
Um, so you brought up, oh, let me just say my least favorite part real quick. Um, I think it's probably, the. it's not even my least favorite part, it's just the part that I'm like most um, uh, like uh, likely to fast forward through. Hmm. Probably the scene where they try to rob the pizza thing or like not rob, but like get the address. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, and I probably hope showing up at the end. I'm like, okay, we get it. Um, but those are probably my two that I would fast forward through, even though I do love both. And I love that Caitlin Deaver's character, Amy gets her moment, her romantic moment, because we don't get that from lesbian rom-coms often or coming yes. to movies. And I will say the reason I will not fast forward through that hope moment ever is one, because it's a moment for Amy, but two, because of what Beanie is doing, is in, doing in the window. window. Yeah, that's fine. She is, she has been so like over articulate the entire movie. And in this moment, like it's just Amy. She can do nothing about it. And she's freaking. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Yes. Uh, and again, love the whole movie. Yeah. Right. Probably be the parts that I would skip. Of course. Yes. Um, so we can't talk about this movie without talking about the music. I think afterwards we were both like, holy shit, this soundtrack yeah. at one point, which is the bathroom sex or love scene, whatever we want to call it. I literally turned to Kevin and said, holy shit, this is the best use of a song I've ever seen in a movie. So, so good. right in a row they use, and this is all at the party scene. Uh, sort of it, it's like the party scene in the the road afterwards so right in a row they use slip away by perfume genius so that's the song that's playing in the pool scene that gorgeous pool lighting i yes. don't know what they were doing but it's yes insane. and that perfect song then they the one that i screamed in the theater about was cold war by cautious clay which is the scene that plays in the sex scene mm-hmm. you guys first of all that is brilliant second of all that song is amazing and if you haven't heard it look it up and if you aren't familiar with cautious clay's work look it up when that first like bump 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 started i was like oh my god literally (laughs) kevin is right here to validate it i literally turned to him and screamed under my breath can validate Um, yes then after that it goes into oh baby by lcd sound system which is the underscoring of oh no 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 after um cold war it goes to open by rye which is discovering the truth about Nick and Ryan and then into Oh Baby, which sort of underscores the, you know, Amy saving the day with the police and then um, AAA or Annabelle, as we come to learn, saving Molly on the side of the street. So to use those four songs in a row is like, oh my God, it is like some of the best use of music I have seen in a movie ever. ever. Yeah, I, I think- listened to nothing but the soundtrack of this movie for like three months afterwards. I think what's like so good about it, Dylan, and like, as you're saying, like there are moments that are so well paired with the music that's underscoring them. And it's using like relatively new music or music created for the, for the movie in particular, but it all makes me feel nostalgic. You know, like I graduated college or high school in 2012 rather. Um, But this 2019 moment, like these songs, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my high school experience. And you want to know why? You want to know why I think that is? I think it that that music um, and this move, like paired with this movie, make us feel like we're in high school again. So even yeah. though it's like fiercely contemporary music, it does like sort of remind us of a time of like being in high school in 2012 and like underscoring our lives to like certain songs. I mean, that's yeah. what it invokes in me, at least. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the screen, the screenplay, the soundtrack is so good. I mean, there's. Uh, Boys by Lizzo. There's those four songs we mentioned. There's um, Tomboy by Princess Nokia. Bad Girls by M.I.A. There's uh, Come Down by Anderson Pack. It's just like the list goes on and on and on. And there is a playlist on Apple Music, people. So you can look this up after this episode. Um, 
But anyway, did you have anything else to say about the screenplay, the movie itself, the music, the actresses, the performances, whatever? I mean, there's also Jason Sudeikis thinking that Cardi oh, B yeah. is playing on the soundtrack of how this could, movie. How could we not include Jason Sudeikis, the husband of Miss Olivia Wilde, and one of my favorite SNL players of all time? Um, I'm sure that's how Maya Rudolph got involved. Is that Cardi B? Oh, so, so good. good. Um, I love that. Love that, love that, love that. Um, so, Kev, mm-hmm. if people liked Booksmart, yeah. what else would they like? If you like this, you might like this. Okay, so if you like Booksmart the way I love Booksmart, I think first, you have to see Lady Bird, right? I mean... When I saw Lady Bird, I was awestruck. I loved it. But in a way, I'm younger than Lady Bird, yeah? I was a 2012 high school graduate, not mm-hmm. like turn of the millennium. Mm-hmm. And so Lady Bird felt like the girl that was in high school when I was really young, sure. right? She was cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas Booksmart, although it's years after my high school experience. Oh wait, Kev, you cut out for a second. Rewind about five seconds worth of sentence. <laughs> okay, great. And there's that, there's that good old Zoom audio coming in. <laughs> Actually, I'm very thankful to Zoom. It's very easy to use. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this has been great. Um, so, Lady Bird, right? Because mm-hmm. although I love Lady Bird, was completely awestruck by it, it's like millennium-y and older than I am, right? I felt like they were the high schoolers when I was really young. This sure. one way more feels like my moment. And I added this year on my list because I was like, that's a movie I thought of when we watched this movie the first time. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, these belong in a category together. I feel yeah. like high school coming of age. Yeah. And they're both um, like largely female uh, produced, written, directed, or uh, produced is probably the right word, but because I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure who produced Lady Bird off the top of my head, but um, directed, written, starring right. about women, um, and they're both rated R, and they're both like no holds bar, and yeah, I would say that's an excellent choice. What else? Thank you. I think uh, to bring it back to one of my favorite childhood films, The Parent Trap. If you yes. haven't seen The Parent Trap, what are you doing? But the fact that like Lindsay Lohan is both of those characters, is Annie and is Hallie, and pulls off this like crazy stunt kind uh-huh. of feels like the stunt that these two characters are pulling on their last day. You're right. It is sort of like a stunt movie. I never thought, you know, that. like, like the bad to the bone, like card playing poker moment, uh-huh. like could totally be a snippet of what we see Molly and Amy do on any night of like high school. Uh-huh. Um, I think if you're looking for some TV to catch up on and you like this movie, oh, watch, okay. watch sex education. Oh, yes. That's such a good recommendation. I didn't even think of that. I was like so in movie world. I'm so glad you, this is the first time someone's recommended a TV show. Hey. Flipping the script. (laughs) And then the other thing I thought of, contemporary, high school, lovey, amazing, defying stereotypes, Love, Simon. Okay, that was on my list too. So that's a perfect segue. Yes. Um, Yes, Love, Simon is one that I immediately thought of as well because it does... um, show a queer coming-of-age romance um, uh, uh, story, which is uh, great. And it's also, like, very funny. It's a little bit more, like, I would say, like, sappy or rom-com-y or, like, totally. unquote, like heartfelt, um, even though Booksmart is so heartfelt just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do love Love, Simon, and I think that is an excellent choice for 
a movie like this. Uh, yeah, I would love to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. So love Simon, Lady Bird, of course. I agree with both of those. Um, and then let me take, let me give my take on this super bad comparison. Mm. Um, Great. I do think Superbad is very funny, and I do think that they are similar and that it is like an Odyssey-like quest to get to the final destination, right? Mm. Um, but that being said, I think Booksmart is smarter, um, better written, and uh, more telling of its time, right? So I think Booksmart really reflects kids our age better than Superbad did. I think it has a um, tighter screenplay. So like it, it's just like sure. the jokes are funnier. They're, they're quicker. They're um, this, and this is just my opinion and are better, better delivered where Superbad sort of has that broad Judd Apatow comedy that like, don't get me wrong. I love like 40 year old virgin um, knocked up. I love movies like that, but I just think Booksmart has like uh, sharpened what it is better than Booksmart did. While I understand the comparison, I think calling Booksmart the new Superbad is ridiculous. That's just my take. And, you know, take that with a grain of salt, do what you will with that. And don't get me wrong, I do love Superbad. And maybe I need to rewatch it to really, like, um, sharpen that take. That's yeah, just I was going to say, I haven't seen it in so long, but, like, Nick I Lovin. didn't. Yeah. But, but I, I, just, yeah. I just remember responding to Booksmart much more than I responded to Superbad. 100%. Um, yeah. so there's Great. that, of course, that can be a recommendation because they are very similar. Um, and then to bring it back around to someone that you love, Mr. Stanley Tucci, Easy A, I think is another, oh. um, fun example of what a, good one. a movie that could, um, sort of fit that same feel, um, similar cast of young people, you know, totally Stanley Tucci. Um, love but that. yeah, those would probably be my recommendations. Oh, actually I have one more. So if you like the sort of like. Um, this movie is like way in left field compared to everything else, but it is, if you like that, like, if you like the sort of queer love story element of this, I think that there is an amazing movie by Celine Sciamma who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire this year. So she's sort of like blowing up more. Um, there's a movie called Water Lilies, um, which is one of her older movies. It came out in 2007, but it stars Adele Anel, who's like one of my favorite actresses now. Um, she's also in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. She's the one that like has the breakdown during the Vivaldi scene in the end. Right. Um, and she's super young in this movie and it's so good. And it, it's not funny at all. It's like definitely a drama. It's like an indie huh. drama, an indie French drama. So like, don't expect sure. to go, in, don't, in, don't go into this movie feeling like um, it's going to be just like Booksmart. Mm. But you like sort of this um, like high school uh, realizing who you are, like lesbian narrative that Booksmart sort of has as the, as its like C plot. Um, I think that might be a fun investment for people that um, liked elements of this movie. Totally. Uh, also, yeah. I just watched How to Build a Girl. I don't know how I didn't think about this as a reference, but oh yes, I haven't seen that yet. So so this go off is a new Beanie Feldstein movie. Uh, it is about a coming of age of a kind of bookish girl at the beginning to figuring out like what she wants to be, what she can be. Um, and it's really, really awesome. So if you're into Beanie, if you like some Molly Davidson, yeah. check out How to Build a Girl. It's yeah. pretty cool. And it's got a star-studded like supporting cast in that this bookish uh, character has so many different um, icons on her wall. Right, mm -hmm. so she's got pictures of like Frida Kahlo, of Cleopatra, of the Bronte sisters, of RBG. like so many people. Oh, are you talking about How to Build a Girl? 
how to build a girl. Oh, okay, okay. And that's kind of why it's like book smart, right? She's got these pictures of like icons on her yeah. wall, but all of these icons are tasked and actually talk to her. Like she talks to them. Oh, fun. Right? So where, you've got- Where is this available? Is this on a streaming movie? Uh, so this is actually, I think only available for rent right now. Don't quote okay. me on that. But I think it just came out um, and it's only available for rent. I couldn't purchase it, so I just rented it for okay, cool, hours. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like um, I'm having my producer do research. Um, <laughs> it looks like it was acquired by IFC and then was um, just sort of released to, you know, the ether as we, you know, have shut down movie theaters. Um, so it looks like it's available on demand, yeah, either to rent Pretty or... Great. Yeah. But anyway, overall... I love this movie so much. Um, so much. Every each time I rewatch it, I find something new. I find a fun little joke. Um, reading along with the screenplay, it's like cool to see what's changed, what stayed, um, and sort of like how they adapted in the moment. Um, I think the editing is so quick, and I think the soundtrack is amazing. As just you know, just a recap what we talked about, um, and I'm so glad you chose this movie, Kev. No, I'm so happy I chose it too. It's such a great revisit. Um, Mm-hmm. over the last few days and talking about a quotable movie like we could quote so 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 many things in here quick, quick little quips um it's so good golden starfish golden starfish barcelona, yeah, um, barcelona. shakespeare in the park gingla yes yes yes, yes until you've tried it yes. like there are so many moments um that are just so good and i think it's also it's um you're a philistine I love that line too. You're a Philistine. No one's winning in that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if you guys haven't seen this movie, first of all, go. Go. Um, after that, text me immediately if you have my number. Hit me up on Instagram if you don't. I want to know your thoughts because I could talk about this movie forever. Um, do you have any final thoughts, Kev, before we sign off? No, this has been so fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, and this is not the first time that I have geeked out about Booksmart on a podcast. Actually, you were supposed to join us, Kev, that day. I was supposed to join you all that day, but I was not doing well, and I'm so happy that we got to do it today. Yes, we're sort of making up for it a year later. Um, Which, by the way, shout out to Omar and Carter, who run Action Orson. They sort of gave me my... Actually, not sort of. They definitely gave me my podcasting start. (laughs) Um, they are Action Orson is my other favorite film podcast. It's one of the only ones I can listen to um, because, as people know, I actually find film podcasts kind of boring a lot of the time because people seem so apathetic and like not even like they like movies and they're just overcritical <laughs> and I find them unaccessible. So, but Action Orson is the opposite of that. Um, if you have not listened to it, you should. This is my plug. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if the episode of me talking about Booksmart still exists since the, the restructuring, but I did geek out on that podcast about this movie, and I'm so happy that me and you could do it now a year later. I know. Um, this is my first podcast. Yes. So fun. Oh, my God. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes! Oh, my God. I'm taking, I'm taking so much podcast virginity lately. It's amazing. Um, this is the movie to do it with. It's so good. Absolutely. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening. Kevin, thank you for joining. And if you guys haven't seen Booksmart, get your fucking life together and go see it. Go watch it. Yeah, see you later, everyone. Um, We will um, talk about this movie some more um, as time progresses, I'm sure. So please text us about it, people. Hit us up on Instagram, blah, 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 blah. You know the drill. Oh, and let me be a business bitch for a minute. Like, rate, subscribe, share, blah, 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 blah. You (laughs) know the drill. Um, Anyway, Kev, thank you so much. 
Um, Thank you. We will have to have you back. Of course. I'm happy to come back. Can't wait to go to AMC when the world finally opens again. I know. It's going to be one of the first things we'll do together. Hondo. Absolutely sure of it. Yes. 100%. Okay. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye.